Hey, thank you for listening. Did you know I have a YouTube channel? I have over 130 different videos. I have videos with more scary stories told in the rain, scary stories by a crackling fire, and I also have videos that are less relaxing and more on the scary side. Go check it out, and please don't forget to subscribe. In the YouTube search bar, just type being scared. All right. Catch you later. I was born and raised in North Dakota. Back when I was in high school, a group of us would research murders that occurred out in the county. We would then go out to find the scenes and film the exploration at night. This was about two years before the Blair Witch Project came out. It was something to do while we got wasted on beer and other teenage crap. Eventually we ran out of places to go and got really good at finding abandoned rural farmsteads by driving down dirt roads and looking for the signs. Rut roads, deliberate tree groves, and old mailbox posts were common markers. We were out looking when we spotted a tree grove that was out of place and drove through the field and discovered an old house. It had padlocks on the outside doors that were knocked off pretty easily. We dispatched them and entered the kitchen. There were six of us, all with flashlights, and we lit up the kitchen dining room area fairly easily. The table was the initial thing you noticed, and it was strange because of how normal it looked. It was set for a meal, and not a bowl was out of place. The only thing was, we had been in dozens of these houses, and place settings were a first, especially unbroken ones. As we investigated the area, we found the fridge that had disgusting remnants of a full stock, and the cupboards were full of canned and dry foods. This was also a first. One guy found mail on the counter from early June 1978, and another found a very creepy TV guide in the living room with UFOs on the cover. All the family photos were hanging up. Mom, Dad, brother and sister in their 1970s glory. Furniture was dusty, but in good condition. Closets were full. Everything was totally normal, which was super abnormal. As we dug around the house, we all started to realize that this house had not been moved out of. It had been straight up abandoned. Imagine locking the door to your house and never coming back. That's the state this house was in. Complete, unplanned departure. We went upstairs and split into three pairs to check out the three rooms. Ours was the closest and obviously it was the younger boy's room. I can't describe what it looked like too well because almost right away from the hall, we heard the most terrifying scream I've ever had the misfortune of hearing. We went running into the hallway and were all yelling questions at each other at the same time. After a few really long seconds, the two screamers caught their breath and said, You have to go in and see. Walking down the hall and through the doorway, I prayed that I wouldn't act like a wuss in front of my friends. I shouldn't have been concerned, 
because the others were just as scared as me. The room itself opened up to the left of the doorframe, and centered on the right side of the room was a queen-size bed. Propped up on the pillows, with the blanket drawn to the waist, arms on top of the blanket, and worst of all, head turned slightly so it was looking you straight in the eyes when you entered the room, was a life-sized porcelain doll. Snow-white skin, jet-black hair, cold, dead eyes. The dead eyes lit up with our flashlights, like she was waiting for us. If the head hadn't been turned, I could excuse it, but it was turned, facing me, ready for when we walked in, ready for twenty years. Hasty exits were made down the stairs and into the car. It was during the ride we started to get even more creeped out when we realized that even though the house had been abandoned, someone had taken the time to set up that damn doll. Not packing food, clothes, or family photos, setting up the doll was one of the last things done in this house. We researched their names, but got nothing. No tragic car accident. No grisly massacre. No extended family. Just a tacky time capsule in the middle of nowhere. We found out that the county had taken possession of the land for non-payment of taxes, explaining the locks, but never tracked down any more information on what happened to them, or why they left that doll. Last year, a guy came to my front door at around 9 o'clock at night. He knocked, and I got my mom, and she went out to see what was up. By the way, we live in a very rural area, so visits that late are extremely uncommon and strange. The guy talked to my mom about how he was opening a business, asked whether she liked American-made products, then handed her a Clorox container as a sample he went back to his minivan and opened it to get a vacuum cleaner when my mom saw five other men sitting inside. She told me to run and get my phone since we don't have a landline. I couldn't find it, so I got my knife and stood around the corner. She threw the container outside and told them to get the hell off of her property or that she would call the cops. They peeled out of the driveway and we never saw the car again. Two months later, my mom found a single, bearded man putting filled garbage bags by the back door. She asked him what the hell he was doing, and he responded with, This is for your little girl. Talking about my little sister. Again, she told him to leave, and once he did, she went through the garbage bags. They were filled with dirty clothes and empty tampon containers. When I was a little, my mom would take me to Kmart and let me wander around the toy section while she shopped, which was normal in the 70s. One day, as I was playing Simon Says, an old man walked up to me and was making small talk while I played. He eventually told me to come with him and took me by my hand. 
we walked right down the main center aisle of the store, right towards the exit sign in the back. As we crossed the last row, I looked to the right and saw my mom at the end of the row. I told him I saw my mom and I had to go. I pulled my hand away and ran to her. I didn't tell her what happened because I didn't want to get in trouble for going with a stranger. It was several years later that I realized that I probably narrowly avoided being molested, kidnapped, or worse. When I was a kid, I was always the last kid picked up by the bus driver to go to school. One day, I was waiting for the bus by myself, and a bus with no kids pulled up. The bus driver smiled and told me to hop on. I just had a bad feeling. I said, where are the other kids? He said back, we will go get them now, just get on the bus. He got more and more pushy, but didn't do anything crazy. I just kept saying no, and he shrugged and left. The real bus pulled up a few minutes later. I went to school and my parents didn't know until I mentioned it that night. Looking back, they were pretty worried. I remember them scrambling around, making phone calls. I went camping with some friends on a hill a few kilometers out in the woods. There's a few hiking trails in the area that lead up to the hill, so it's known by the locals. It was about midnight, and we had a fire going. We were just sitting around having a good time. Then the guy sitting opposite of me yells, Who are you? At first I think he's talking to me, but then I turn around, and there's this man, about six feet tall, staring at us from the edge of the woods with a big rock in his hand. The guy across from me grabbed the hatchet, and I pulled the knife off my belt. We had no clue what we were doing, but the guy wouldn't say anything to us. He just stood there. Eventually, he just backed into the woods and disappeared. No sleep was had that night, and we kept a very large fire going. I was six or seven years old in my parents' apartment and heading towards the kitchen, where my mom is talking on the phone, cooking with the oven with the fan on, and at the end of the corridor in front of me, I see the front door opening and then halting because of the door chain holding it. I thought it was my dad. It was about eleven in the morning, so I think my dad will close the door and ring the doorbell for my mom to open up the chain. It was weird, because I hadn't heard the key turning, and an enormous hairy hand that definitely didn't belong to my father tries to pull out the chain. Immediately I understand that it's an intruder, and I rush to slam shut the door with my entire body, and I would have managed it if the intruder didn't think to put his foot as an extra stopper, 
So there's me, slamming against this door with all of my seven-year-old strength, panicked out of my mind, and then putting all my weight against the infernal piece of wood, with a huge intruder on the other side trying to keep the door open so he could pull the chain off, fingers trying to grasp the end of the chain, and my mother completely oblivious, about twelve feet away in the next room. I tried to scream at my mother. I remember yelling muffled pieces of, Mom! Mom! But she thinks I'm horsing around and pays no attention. It's after my seventh or eighth scream when I was about to give up hope when I heard my mom tell the person on the other end of the line that she would call her back because I've done something and she needed to check on me. The intruder heard her and let me close the door. My mom arrived and demanded to know what I was doing. I'm crying at this point, not being able to utter a coherent sentence trying to point at the door, saying only, intruder outside, or something to that effect. My mother, not getting the hint, comes over and tries to open the door to see what the fuss is about, with me still pushing against it with my back. As soon as I realized what she was about to do, I tried to push her away, crying, sobbing at her, don't open the door, there's someone outside. I fell to my knees and begged her against trying to push me aside before she changed her mind and looked through the peephole instead. She looks through and in a hurry starts saying, See, there's nobody there. And I see her very annoyed face turn pale as a sheet. She grabs me and pushes me away from the door and tells me to go get her the phone. I rush to the kitchen and heard her yell through the door, I can see you crouching. I'm not going to open the door, and I'm calling the police right now. The bastard was still behind the door, crouching as low as he could, not making a sound, so that my mom would think nobody was there, and she would open the door and he would rush inside. My mom called the police, and after five minutes of my mom issuing threats through the door, we heard somebody creeping away from our front door, down to the building entrance, and outside. My mom didn't express any emotion throughout the whole ordeal. It was as if she was scared stiff. About half an hour later, my father arrived, oblivious to the whole thing. When my mom told him what happened, he went and bought a new lock for the door. The police arrived that afternoon, a full five hours later, even though the police station is a ten-minute drive from our house. I don't think the intruder was ever caught. I usually get home between 2 and 3 a.m., but tonight I got off at around 11 because the bar had a power outage. I live alone in a triplex behind a house. I live in the middle of a city, but the property I'm on is rather large, so there is a big backyard behind my apartment. As I was coming home this night, I noticed that my cats weren't waiting for me in the window. They can hear my van pulling in the driveway. They are in the window every night, without fail. I thought it was really weird. Then I noticed that my kitchen light was on. I never leave my kitchen light on, or any light for that matter. At this point I was scared. That's when I thought I saw movement in my kitchen. I called 911 
and the dispatcher told me to lock the doors to my van and remain in the vehicle and stay on the line. Officers showed up very quickly. They parked on the street and walked up to my van. They asked me to stay quiet and give them my house key. One officer went to the back of my apartment and the other used my key to unlock the door. When he opened the door, all was quiet. Then he yelled really loud, telling someone to come out. I heard the police officer that was in my backyard start yelling, and the other officer ran out to join him. My neighbors had come outside at this point, and I was freaking out. It seemed like a long time, but they handcuffed and walked a woman towards me, and it turns out it was a patron that I had 86th this last weekend. I don't know how she found out where I lived. She was hiding in my bedroom closet with a very large knife and a bundle of rope. I don't want to think about what would have happened if I had gone to bed with her hiding in my closet. I had been on a date with this guy. It was March of 2012. My date was asleep and his seat was reclined really low. We got into town at around 1 a.m. and I noticed this guy standing on the corner I was about to stop at, at a red light. He looked like he was probably on something. He was talking to himself and pacing. I was a little nervous, but not scared. I'm a little too quick to judge people sometimes. So I stopped and we accidentally made eye contact. At least I accidentally did. He was yelling bitch and some other words at me. It seemed to be the longest red light in history as the guy that was with me was sleeping cozily in the passenger seat. After about 10 seconds of the guy cussing me out, he ran up to my car and swings the passenger door open reaching for me. I started screaming bloody murder and the guy I was with woke up and started smacking the guy in the face. The crazy guy is yelling, I didn't see you, I didn't see you. And my date pushed him out the door and I drove off, running the red light. He closed the door and yelled, Who the hell? What the hell? What is going on? I'm hyperventilating and start half laughing, half crying because my nerves were shot. We got some ice cream at 1am and then I took him home and went home myself. We laughed about it, but I don't like to think what would have happened to me if he hadn't been there. My mom had been calling a lot. It was my first semester away at college, and her husband had gone batshit insane. He hit her for the first time four nights before I moved out. She locked him out of the house, and he banged on the doors. In the middle of the night, he had driven away, and I hadn't seen him since. When I answered, she said she had gotten a phone call while she was watching TV. The person on the other end of the line said that he had been hired to kill her and her kids. But if she could make him a better offer, he wouldn't do it.
He told her what TV show she was watching at that moment. He told her what dorm I lived in. He told her that my little brother was upstairs playing video games when he was supposed to be asleep. She ran upstairs. My little brother was playing video games in his room. She yelled at him to pack a bag. The person on the phone hung up, and then she called me. I waited for 45 minutes before leaving, hoping my roommates would show up and help me figure out what to do. I had said call the police, but my mom said no. She asked me to come help her. My roommates didn't come home. The RA was gone. I got in my truck and made a 45-minute drive in 20 minutes. The highway was nearly deserted. I had hoped a police officer would pull me over, that they would know what to do, and I would be able to say I hadn't called the cops. I accidentally missed my turn when my mom called me three times in a row. I accidentally ran a red light when I answered. A cop was right there. He didn't pull me over. When I got to our neighborhood, I parked two streets away and used my ROTC tactical movements to go through alleys to our backyard. I tried to call my mother three times, but she didn't answer. I put my phone on vibrate. The gate was closed, but when I opened it, I saw the back door standing open, light from the kitchen partially illuminating the patio. No one was out there. I hesitated and went in, calling out softly for our dogs. They weren't there. Those dogs bark at everything. They were either not in the house or they were dead. I got a knife and started a room by room search. Kitchen and laundry room were clear. The dining room, clear. Living room, clear. But oh shit, there's a broken vase. Downstairs bathroom, clear. I didn't go into the master bedroom because I fully expected to find my mother dead. I needed to get upstairs to the second bedroom on the right, my bedroom, to get my rifle, the only gun in the house. But no one was downstairs and upstairs was completely dark. There was a blind corner right at the top of the stairs. Anyone could be hiding there. I was 100% freaking out as I climbed the stairs. I got almost halfway up when someone started banging on the front door, which is right in front of the stairs. I froze. I turned halfway so that no one could surprise me from the second floor. Who's there? I screamed. My cover was blown anyway. If anyone was in the house, they knew I was there now. Whoever was outside could see me through the glass at the top of the door, but it was too dark for me to see them. No one answered, but they kept pounding on the door. Who the hell is it? I screamed, now at the base of the steps. They kept banging on the door. I'll kill you, I screamed as I flung open the door to see my mother standing there with the dogs in her arms. Why didn't you answer? I asked. She said she wasn't sure if it was me or not. And if it hadn't been me, what were you going to do? Throw the dogs at them? She hadn't thought that far ahead. I told her the back door had been open, but she said it was locked when she left. 
I said that I had checked most of the downstairs and was going upstairs for the gun. She said go up and get it, so I went up with my knife and checked upstairs while I was at it. Then I checked the rest of the downstairs. I spent the night barricading the doors and windows and begging her to leave. Just leave. She baked me some cookies. Her face was blue and purple from her husband's last visit. She said my brother had tried to protect her, and he didn't look so good either. I said that I would kill him. She said she knew, and so did he, which is why he always left when they called me. I feel I should mention that he was a good foot taller than me, and easily 50 pounds heavier. But I would have killed him. In the morning, I had to leave early to be at PT for ROTC at 5.30 a.m. I had maybe 45 minutes of sleep where my mom had asked me to stay on the living room floor outside the master bedroom. I lost it at PT, and then again in my weekly meeting with my athletics advisor. My ROTC instructors and my athletics advisor were horrified. We got a restraining order that day against my mom's husband. A few weeks later, my mom's husband tried to kill her on my 19th birthday. He was in his car, and he had thrown her phone, which she was used to dialing 911 on, the passenger seat. She reached in to get it, and he grabbed her arm and held on while he reversed out of the driveway and dragged her down the alley. He let go, and her head slammed to the ground. She had a concussion. He tried to back over her, but she screamed and rolled away. He ran over her foot and hand. Our neighbor came out of her house and screamed, which scared him away. My mom and brother went into hiding that night. Being on those stairs, certain that my family was dead and I was about to confront the killer, was the scariest moment of my life and having someone bang on the door and not answer when I'm screaming at them. Having to open it while thinking a killer was on the other side. Creepiest moment of my life. About three years ago, I moved to London. I was looking for a flatmate but had no luck. I turned to my friend Marcus. After a week or two, Marcus and I moved in together. After we moved in, he put some of his stuff in storage so that he could make room for me in his flat. When I moved in, everything was fine and well. Fast forward about a year. I went to get some stuff out of the storage locker that Marcus put his stuff in. As I opened the door, an absolutely rank scent hit me like a ton of bricks. I switched the light on and saw a couple of old boxes and a couch. I was looking for the source of the smell, but I couldn't find it. I grabbed what I came for and left before I could vomit. Now, fast forward about a month. I went back to the storage unit to get something else, and the smell was even worse than before. I had to hold my nose as I walked into the storage unit. I saw an open box, and I decided to look in it. I found stuffed animals, like dead animals that were stuffed. I looked into the box under that one, and I found more rotting animals. 
I was completely disgusted and shocked, so I immediately went to Marcus to confront him. As I walked into the flat, I shouted, Marcus, why are there dead animals in our storage locker? He came out of his room and sat me down on the couch. He told me that he wanted to be completely honest with me and told me that he was into necrophilia. Let's just say that I am now moved in with my parents. During some cave exploring, my family and some friends were in some deep caves, and as we were heading out, we found a slit about knee-high in the rock. Getting on your stomach, there was a tight squeeze you could get into and lead into a small crawl space in the rock, with quartz growing on the ceiling, making a beautiful crystal ceiling display. We went in one by one, and if you were claustrophobic, this place was your living nightmare. Most times you could feel the ceiling on your back and the floor on your stomach every time you took a breath. We went deep in and it was just incredible, like a small world tucked away within solid rock. I had made it as deep in as I could go before the path waned to the left and covered with sediment. Everyone was having a grand time when we started feeling some trickles of water on our backs. It turns out, it had started raining outside, and with the way the crawlspace dipped down before flattening out, the whole place would fill up with rainwater very fast, with only one way for it to drain out, which was the way that we came in. It started as trickles before it went into streams and began to pool up, being the furthest away from the exit, and you can only just crawl flat on your stomach with jagged crystal pointing down from the ceiling, I started to panic. Everyone crawled out as fast as they could as the water kept rushing in, the streams growing larger and larger. We exited one at a time as fast as we could, but it wasn't fast enough. I could feel the water coming up to my chin as I crawled behind my brother. Every inch I moved forward felt so painfully slow that I could feel the walls compress around me, and the water was unrelenting, now splashing against my panic squirms. I got out just as the water was up to my lips. Everyone got out safely, but it was the scariest moment of my life. Maybe a couple more minutes trapped in there, and I would have been dead. It was a normal night. I got home from work, ate dinner, and watched some TV. I went to sleep at around midnight, and nothing out of the ordinary happened. When I woke up, again, everything seemed normal, until I got out of bed and looked into the mirror hanging on my bedroom door. I was more shocked and confused than scared at first. There was a huge smiley face drawn onto the mirror with black marker, and a key taped to the mirror right underneath it. The key was to my front door. This was a one-time thing. Nothing else ever happened. 
Of course I got my locks changed that day, but to this day I have trouble sleeping. Understandably, right? Someone was in my house, inside my bedroom while I slept. I have no idea who or why. When I was a kid, I was staying in this really old cottage with my family. I woke up and went to the bathroom around 3 a.m. While I'm sitting on the toilet in this tiny bathroom, I suddenly hear someone whisper my name. I kind of shake it off since I figure I'm still sleepy and maybe I didn't hear it right. Maybe it was the trees from the open window. I go about my business for about another 10 seconds before I hear my name again, much louder. There was no mistaking it this time, and there's no doubt it was coming from right outside the window. I finished up as fast as I could, all while my name is still being whispered. The sink was directly across from the toilet, and above it there was a mirror. I washed my hands while looking at my feet, because I had this terrible feeling that if I looked up, I would see whatever was chanting my name outside the window. I ran back to my bed, and I don't think I went to the bathroom in the middle of the night for at least six years after that happened. I still can't explain who it was outside the window. The cottage was small, and I could see everyone in my family asleep in their beds on my way to the bathroom. On top of that, the cottage was in the woods so even if it was a random creeper, I don't know how they would have known my name or that I would happen to go to the bathroom at 3 a.m. It creeps me out when I think about it to this day. We have had weird experiences in that cottage, but that was by far the worst. I had very strange dreams when I was a kid. I dreamed that I was at a large amusement park type place. It had rides and some obstacle courses, like a rock wall and a ball pit. About six months later I dreamt about the same place, and then again six months later. It was always dark outside, but there were many lights. They kept moving stuff around. Every time things would be different, but it was still the same place. The place was showing signs of age. It looked like it might have been 15 to 20 years old. Things were beginning to rust. I had to convince myself that if this place existed, that I had never been there while I was awake. The place always had a very sinister feel to it, as if there was something going on that couldn't be seen. It was as if I were to stray off the path, I could easily become lost or trapped, and that if I were there, I was already off the path. There were never any ride attendants, nobody selling t-shirts, just people seemingly walking around with blank faces. After a while, I forgot about it. A year later, I was laying in my bed at my father's house. Suddenly, I was there again. I couldn't believe it. 
This time, it was a totally abandoned amusement park, beyond repair and completely deserted. Grasses growing through the sidewalks and the buildings being overrun with vegetation, everything rusty and broken. It was still dark outside and the place was lit up with artificial light, no longer bright, old-style yellow light bulbs. All the colorful lights were gone. Although the creepy factor had increased, I was never afraid. If there were anything to fear about that place, it was gone now. It was a very interesting dream. I always felt very uneasy when I woke up. Somehow it was the same place every time, but it would change, just getting darker and darker. A few years ago I was leaving my boyfriend's house late at night. I had to stop to get gas before the drive home, so I pulled into the first open gas station that I saw. I started walking into the store when out of nowhere a man ran up to me and yelled, get back in your car and leave. Something in his panicked expression told me that he wasn't messing around, and I got out of there as fast as I could. The next day we found out that the gas station was robbed and the attendant was killed. I had to call the police department to tell them about the guy, and to this day, I don't know if he was a good Samaritan or the killer. I had a co-worker I got along great with. We were good friends in the first two months of meeting each other. He was always punctual, so when he failed to show up for work and answer his texts, I had a feeling that something was wrong. That day, I happened to work until 11 p.m. I had to stay late to finish his work before I could get off. I have lived in Michigan and grew up in the country, so when I'm walking at night, I keep my hood on, no music, and I walk home as fast as I can. It was a quiet night, so dark, that I only saw the smallest twinkle of stars in the sky. I got a creepy feeling that I was being followed, but I didn't see anyone. I resolved to stay alert as I hit the halfway mark to my house. On the way home at night, the last stretch has no streetlights. Once I passed the last streetlight, I heard it. Click, 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 click. It sounded like a bike. When I turned my head, I saw it. It looked like a girl around my height with a black dog beside her. She had a white shirt with a skirt on. The way she was walking was disturbing, almost like a clown. I didn't know how she was making the noise, but I sped up. I casually looked back again, and from the distance I was at, it appeared as though the girl didn't have a face. Click, 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 click. I didn't run, but instead picked up my walking pace more. I was almost home. 
I didn't look back again, and by the time I reached my apartment, the clicking sound had stopped. I found out the next day that my coworker had passed away the day that he didn't come in. I have taken the same route home several times in the year since my coworker died, but not once have I heard the sound, or have I seen the faceless girl in white, or her dog. Click, click.